1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. Now, after all the excitement of the birthday special episode that we had last week, we're going to return to consider a meaty topic in property again this week, and that is of recycling your cash. However, just before we plow into that subject, um, a quick update following last week's show. Firstly, a few of you were interested in the secret podcast concept that I mentioned. And if you drop me a line, you will have realised that there is more on offer than first appears. So well done for taking the initiative there. Action takers are rewarded. That's all I'm going to say on that right now. But the big news since we, we last met was, uh, and last time was the, the news about my book, Property Investor Toolkit. And it's now officially an Amazon bestseller as both a paid book as well as being a free one, which is what I mentioned last time out. So this is brilliant news. And um, after my birthday uh, gift offer last week, and thanks to a little bit of support from some very kind souls, it reached number one status in both the Kindle and indeed the Amazon bookstore in the property and real estate sections. Sure it's no Harry Potter or even a rich dad poor dad <laughs> but it still feels really 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 good i can tell you so thank you very much to everyone that bought a copy of the book and don't forget those bonuses that are mentioned in it will you just drop me a line if uh, you you'll know you'll spot those pretty easily if uh, if you bought a copy of the book so thanks again but right now enough of that and uh, let's get talking recycling shall we Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured
0: topic with Property Chatter.
1: So over the past few weeks, I've come across no less than three separate people who are asking about recycling their cash investment in property deals. So the big question is, is it possible or is it just a myth? Well, over the next couple of weeks, I shall hope to unpick the bare bones on the subject just a little bit and those that ask this question tend to want to know uh, tend to want to know rather whether they can recover all of their cash invested which includes the deposit but also fees cost of works and any other cash requirement in a property project and that's by refinancing the property soon after purchase rather than selling it on to get the money back that way uh, It's also known as the Buy, Refurbish and Refinance Strategy or BRR for short, so um, that's the kind of strategy we're talking about here, just to put it in perspective. I will say this, it is something that I have and indeed continue to do as part of my own approach uh, to property investment, however it is A, not easy (laughs) and B, not always possible to recover all of the cash costs, however a good chunk of them can often be recycled under the right circumstances. But let's start by positioning the first of the questions that I came across on the subject as follows. And uh, I quote, uh, I'm about to complete on my first buy to let property, which I have managed to purchase BMV, which stands for below market value. I will be looking to refinance after six months to release my deposit. My question is, should I try and add value to the property before refinancing, or as I have bought BMV, is that enough to pull out all of my deposit money after a refinance? Well, this this question aims at getting a property revalued after a relatively short time period, Um, here it's uh, six months, Uh, with a view to refinancing at that figure sufficient to pull out all, uh, sorry, all, or if not a substantial part of the funds invested up to that point in time. Now let's start with this first question then this week and let's consider a below market value purchase. And we'll talk about below market value a little bit as well, uh, perhaps a little bit later. But it's a common view to try and get the property value uplifted quickly without doing any work and indeed it's one likely to fail, I'm afraid to say. Valuers are appointed and are so uh, answerable to the lender whilst they will be asked to provide a current valuation of the property, if they're looking at one purchase recently, and when I say recently, I mean usually within a year or so, then they will need a very good reason to value it above the original purchase price, regardless of what what that was. So the best options really to achieve a higher valuation to release our deposit will be Option one, showing demonstrable improvement works that have enhanced the property's condition, value, and saleability, and not just a lick of paint and a tidy up. Uh, Option two, uh, delaying the refinance to say 18 months or even two years downstream when the original purchase price will become less relevant. And of course, option three, which is really what the question was directing uh, towards, where there's an overwhelming reason to lift the property value up to what looks like the market norm. And this will need a very strong set of comparables that support the open market value figure um, that is being sought and also a watertight reason why our purchase price has a genuine or was a genuine below market value uh, opportunity, making it look like a complete outlier to the rest of the recent comparable sales. But I have to say in the, in the present climate, value is seen to be extremely cautious or even downright negative. And so the likelihood of option three happening is very low, I would say. So that would leave really option one adding genuine value to the property or option two delaying the refinancing date as the most viable alternatives. Now, given that uh, probably don't want to delay the refinancing uh, date for perhaps uh, 18 months to two years down the line, or well, that's a perfectly uh, acceptable approach to take, um, it leaves option one really of trying to add value to the property as being the one that we'll focus in on a little bit, uh, a little bit here. So, if we're trying to increase the value as per option one, still don't be surprised if the value does not lift the value figure uh, after such a short period of time, unless, of course, the improvement works are beyond just a cosmetic facelift and and do genuinely improve the underlying condition and value, and are also supported by a lot of comparable actual sales prices. Um, evidence that's that there's out there in the market to latch to. and even then, the value may still not be lifted. So, uh, just prepare yourselves for that. But here, here are some of the um, you know top of mind really value adding actions that you could probably um, use, utilise to to maybe or probably sway a valuer to consider lifting a value uh, value upwards soon after the original um, purchase price at a, a BMV figure, as has been suggested here. Uh, but bear in mind, there's still no guarantees. Um, so here are some of the top of mind issues. So first of all, we can. Um, the old adage goes, "Kitchens and bathrooms sell houses." So if we remodel or replace these, the kitchens and bathroom, that is, then uh, then indeed it can it can add value. Um, Similarly, if we increase usable living space or floor space, we can do this by uh, extending or converting to add space and value. But clearly both of these examples, in fact, nearly all of these examples are gonna come at a cross, uh, cross? Cost is what I meant to say, sorry. Um, So make sure you do your sums. We can upgrade and refurbish. And that can be things like replacing what I call the guts of the property. So that'd be plumbing, gas central heating, electrics and that kind of thing. Or it could be other aspects of the property, um, you know, and getting up to current standard could be things like windows and flooring and, and those sorts of things. And I've obviously mentioned the kitchens and bathroom, it kind of comes into that category as well. So yes, basically upgrading and refurbishing. Equally, we can remodel and reconfigure. This is an interesting one because we can make use of the existing shell and floor plan. So for example, we can add a bedroom uh, or an ensuite bathroom. We could relocate the bathroom. Often you find that in Victorian properties, the bathroom is out, you know, effectively outside, but downstairs at least, and you can perhaps relocate it to the, uh, to the first floor. Um, you can convert a garage into living space. But um, bear in mind, there could also be a trade-off here as well. So, for example, if we if we're to lose a garage but gain a bedroom, they may cancel each other out, at least to some extent, uh, in the in the mind at least of the of the valuer. So keep that in mind as well. We equally we can fix some structural or other problem issues. So what I'm driving at here is is fixing things like subsidence, uh, Japanese knotweed, infestations and and that kind of thing. So uh, fixing those sort of problems can often add value. Um, And it could be a justification for why there was a BMV or below market value purchase in the first place, of course. And the other one that um, often gets overlooked really, but is, uh, is legal gains. So we can apply some legal changes to add value. And um, by way of example, that could be to extend the lease. So if we've got a short lease, we can extend the lease and therefore uplift the value. We could um, either acquire or gain a share of the freehold. Or indeed, um, title split a property into smaller units such as flats and that kind of thing. They're they're the sort of legal gains I'm driving at. So they're all, um, you know, some of the examples. And this comes from a longer list that I often work with myself. But... um, it's just to give you a bit of an insight, really, into the, the sorts of things that um, you know can be used to, to demonstrate adding value to a property in a fairly short period of time and therefore generating an uplift in value. But as I mentioned earlier, though, they can come at as a cost, so it's all about doing our sums, of course. So if we do uh, adopt the value adding method and refinancing later, as I'm kind of suggesting, um, then there's a few other suggestions and, uh, and top of mind things that we might want to consider as well. And, uh, and the first of those is, basic, is a very simple one. We should take both before and after photographs, and that just gives a bit of an audit trail or evidence of the work we've done, really. Um, we should make sure we get all our paperwork in order, and that's things like getting planning consents and building regulations, approval, all guarantees for the work and that sort, sort of thing, fence certificates for windows and uh, electrical sign-off certificates for installations, that kind of thing, so get it all together. Of course, we should keep all the receipts, it uh, Sounds kind of obvious, but we should. We should be able to evidence uh, the, the work we've done and indeed produce a schedule of works or something like that, which, which describes what we've done in each of the areas and, uh, and provides a written record, if you like. And of course, if we're doing the, any of the work ourselves, we shouldn't forget really to value our own time. Uh, it's not just cost of materials. Uh, time you know, is one of the most significant investments in any work in a property, whether we use an external party or we try and do it ourselves. So use a reasonable you know, trader day rate equivalent. If, we're, if, you know, if we've done a bit of plastering or painting and decorating, we should put a, a, a line item in our schedule of works so that reflects the, the, the value of our time. And indeed we should find some recent comparable sales figures and these should be within the last six months and ideally within a quarter of a mile of the target property so that we can support our our business case really. Um, that we're going to, you know, justify to to the valuer, and uh, we should be presenting that evidence. If the valuer is going to find it themselves anyway, but uh, it just helps them along the way. But keep in mind, there could also be other value, uh, other property values which um, might work against us. So try and have a a, a, a rationale really of why you think uh, the property is valued. Maybe at a slightly higher figure it could be down to the condition of the property or the the actual location or you know having a self facing garden, these sorts of things. So, you know, do do that little bit of work as well. And, and finally, really, a little bit perhaps uh, lighthearted, but as my business partner, who is a chartered building surveyor, always says, uh, be nice to surveyors because they are people too. <laughs> yeah, indeed, they are. They're people too. So be nice. But, uh, you know, keep it professional, but be nice. Now, personally, I, I have actually had a valuation lifted by over £50,000 on a property. As, uh, I paid £142,000 for and I got it lifted to 195000 And that was based on, on a, on a £4,000 light redecoration. But that was a little while ago now. And um, the valuation climate seems to be shifting again of late. So for some unknown blooming reason, I'm not really sure why. But uh, I think that's unusual really to get that kind of... Um, uplifting value um, there was a, that was I would call it a below market value purchase as you can probably clearly see from the figures there but um, and I didn't spend that much w- uh, money on on the project but I did manage to get a rather nice uplifting value so that was an example perhaps um, supportive of the question and the questioner but it, um, I have to say that it, it's rare really to get that kind of, uh, of return uh, from a property project so you usually have to spend a bit more money and demonstrate uh, an increase in value beyond that. However, I do consistently take on value-adding projects where the after-improvement works value is sufficient to release uh, a significant part of my starting cash investment. Uh, obviously, in that case, the one I've just mentioned, it was it was clearly all of it. And um, often, it's um, the reality is that often leave some money in in the project, even if I'm adopting one of those uh, value-adding strategies that I've outlined uh, here above. I usually work on a general principle of leaving something like 10 to 20 percent of my initial cash investment in a deal. Um, you know, and, and usually I'm uh, I'm using financing, so my uh, my cash investment is not the full purchase price. I would I would hasten to add and uh, it it can, it can sometimes be better and it can sometimes be a little bit worse but uh, that largely depends on the the lender and the valuer it can also depend on the project of course and and, and making sure that i've got uh, i've done all my due diligence and i've selected uh, the right kind of project and and kept a little uh, a lid on all the costs and that kind of thing and uh, I should also clarify, as I kind of alluded to just now, that um, here I'm, I'm I'm including all of my cash costs and fees. It's not just the deposit on the on the uh, on the purchase price. It's all of the fees involved here. So a lot of people ignore that point, but when I do my calculations, I'm taking account of all of my cash costs. So um, and equally, I do tend to use some kind of financing in my own personal projects, and uh, and this does bring a hefty cost of uh, financing into the equation. I have to say, and that's probably the 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 element that often gets left in it's the financing related costs that often get left in the deal. So I guess if you're paying cash, and I, I have I have also paid cash um, you know, it's more likely to actually see the full recycling of the of the cash investment uh, than if you're using financing. But there's a number of good reasons to use financing, not least of which you don't need as much cash, and of course it's a it's a form of leverage, and we've spoken about that before as well. But um, so on a cash purchase, yes, um, you know, I think it's quite quite conceivable to recycle all of the cash invested if we follow these sorts of principles that I'm talking about, and even with financing, a very large proportion of it. Um, you know, is the case as well. So the conclusion is, yes, it's perfectly possible to fully recycle your cash when undertaking property projects. However, there is a very large dollop of conditions attached to this statement, I can tell you. Uh, Yes, it depends. It always depends, doesn't it? Well, it depends on the nature of the project. I've kind of alluded to, you know, picking the right kind of project, the right kind of area and knowing your numbers before and after and, and the cost of works and that kind of thing. Um, whether you've got a cost of financing to cover can can uh, can be part of the uh, the rationale here. The lender's policy and the criteria, I mean, they may not let you do it. They may want you to leave, as they would call it, some skin in the game. So they, may not, they just may not allow it. So um, talk to your broker and find out what the lender's policy and criteria are. Uh, of course, it's going to depend on how much you pay for the property and indeed the cost of the works undertaken uh, and, of course, having the right kind of you know, genuine end valuation post works as well. Equally, you know, it's going to be how effective you are at managing the project and uh, containing time and, and cost overruns as well, That uh, that's another big part of the equation that comes into play. And, and of course whether you want to recover all of your cash costs or just the purchase price or the deposit say, the original question just talked about the deposit. Uh, I suspect in reality the 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 person asking that question would have been looking to recover all of their cash costs. So I normally answer it in terms of recovering all of the cash costs. But if you're not necessarily, if you're prepared to leave some of your fees or costs of finance uh, left in the deal, left invested in the deal, um, and have a return on cash investment, that's how how I look at things. Then um, yeah, it's very very possible to uh, to you know perhaps recover some or all of that uh, uh, throughout the project. And of course, crucially, crucially, it depends on the valuer and the valuation they arrive at as well. And this can indeed be very ambiguous and uncertain part of the plan, certainly these days at least from from what I've been seeing and hearing about, that's uh, that's for sure. So genuinely, it's not a myth. Yes, it's possible to fully recycle your cash on a property project, but but don't just expect to buy a property at what appears to be a crazily low below market value price and simply get it revalued after six months there's a lot more to it than that and in fact that as i mentioned earlier is is probably not going to work so you're going to have to get some sort of justification for uplifting the value. That's often going to be added value improvement works. It's gonna come at a cost. It's gonna involve different types of risk and project management and other costs and uh, financing and this kind of thing involves. So, um, and as to the point about below market value, uh, you've noticed that I haven't really touched on it too much. I've kind of left it as a, as a given really, but that's a whole other topic I can tell you. What actually is below market value? We're just going to leave it there for now we're just going to focus on the whole recycling point but i think yeah i think you can clearly see that it is possible uh, from my own experience and uh you know selecting the right kind of project but making sure it's an added value type of project not just buying it cheap and then expecting to refinance in six months because certainly in the current climate, neither lender nor value is probably going to support your argument in uh, in that case. So there you go. That's uh, It's not a myth. It's entirely possible. Um, and I hope you found the topic interesting. The The show notes can be found over at the website, thepropertyvoice.net. And by all means, feel free to drop me a line, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net, if you want to discuss this subject a little bit further. And I can tell you about some of my own experience, perhaps in a, in a bit of an exchange of emails, if you'd like to. But next time I'm going to be carrying on the theme really and talking about recycling a deposit and other cash inputs by using a different method of valuation. So this is, um, you know, it can be combined with doing added value works, but it's really converting uh, a property from one valuation method to an alternative one. So I'll leave it there for now and perhaps you'd like to join me next time as we, we have that kind of discussion and I'm sure you're going to find that interesting as well. But right now. I just want to say thanks very much for joining me once again on the show today. And until next time on the Property Voice podcast, it's ciao, ciao.
0: Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.